Chapter Fifty Four of Colonel Greatheart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Herndon Bell. Colonel Greatheart by H. C. Bailey. Chapter Fifty Four. Colonel Stow explains himself. His brother was waiting for him in plain impatience. Colonel Stow had nothing to say. The general was to have made you an offer, I have heard. I have answered it, said Colonel Stow. Well? In the morning I go home. He looked up and saw his brother's face. I am sorry, lad. David Stow sighed. You were still against us, then? Nay, not that either. I think I was born out of time. I can find no faith that fits my soul, nor no cause that I dare fight for, and so, he gave a whimsical smile, and so I will e'en go into my corner and cry like a child because the world has no room for me. I would to God that you were one of us, said David Stowe passionately, and I would thank God for your heart that I might be. Lad! lad do i not yearn to be all of your cause there's a thousand desires bid me join you and one above all well each has his own soul to work out unto the glory of god ay unto the glory of god colonel stow repeated forgive me lad i cannot find my work in your faith i can see no fruit in your hopes the England you would make is no place for common men. You put your trust in a people of saints. The kingdom of God upon earth, cried David Stowe. And do you not pray, thy kingdom come? He pleaded his creed with a passionate strength. They would beat prelate and king, and each man would be free and use his freedom to do the will of God. England should be a land of stern labor and passionate worship, with no thought of other matter. Ay, and not England only. The hour had come for a new crusade. The army of saints must go forth into all the earth and conquer all for God. Colonel Stow listened, and his face grew sad. God help you, he said slowly. Oh, lad, we are not all Cromwells. Who else could work such dreams as these? We have to work for human men. Again the brother pleaded with him in the zeal of his religion, quickened by honest love. Plainly their cause was conquering. God made ready his kingdom. The saints should triumph and multiply and subdue all things unto them. In flashes of strange power he showed a quaint picture of a Puritan England, a Puritan world, behold the will of god incarnate colonel stow shook his head how much would i give to believe it he said with a bitter smile i tell you i have tried all my strength to-day to persuade myself unto it i came near to cheat my own soul his brother was silent they changed a glance of understanding and lingered together a long while well i have a good-bye to say said Colonel Stowe. I am sorry, his brother said. I am sorry. 
at the gate of the hospital colonel stow asked for mistress normandy and being admitted crossing the pleasant turf of the close he found her she awaited him still and very pale she seemed to have lost something of her charm he had never seen her afraid before i come to bid you farewell madame said colonel stow i i have heard the army marches i go home he would not look at her he heard the murmur of bees among the honeysuckle the wind stirred lightly in the treetops and a faded leaf fluttered slowly by oh i was told the general would give you a command he honored me so i find that i cannot fight for him she drew in her breath you are still for the king not that either faith madame i am a weakling that can take no side heartily and so slink off you are done with fighting she said quickly colonel stow gave a grim laugh oh ay the sword is a ploughshare now and i walk in the furrow i have done why why then you will be quite safe always she said in a low voice colonel stow laughed oh yes i preserve myself that's vastly pleasant there may be work for you i with the cattle i did not mean to hurt you she said and her lip quivered forgive me child i know your heart cannot live with sneers you have been the sweetest thing in my life believe me i have longed to fight for you but i cannot dare your faith is not for me so here's an end god keep you he held out his hand her eyes sought his bravely blood stole back to her cheeks you are in haste she said there's no more use in words so they must all be yours colonel stow allowed himself a melancholy smile she too would be pleading then well he had conquered his own longing i am your servant he said with plain regret had you thought i might want to make an end too she said with something of a shy laugh in her eyes not this one madam i would to god that it might be said colonel stow miserably i have used all my strength to be like you oh she was plainly surprised i would not desire that i cannot be of your army of your cause of your faith she considered him with eyes grave as his own perhaps you did not desire we'll not talk of that said colonel stow and avoided her eyes her sigh was something weary i do not think god would have every man alike she said and truly all cannot come to him by the same way but surely it needs not that they should hate each other i shall honor you all my life child said colonel stow she frowned a little and the wide eyes were troubled one does not seek that that another should be just as oneself and on a sudden she was all trembling if if one were let serve and he cared to help colonel stow woke at last he snatched at her hands and drew her close as her breast touched his she was still again he looked down into her shining eyes she did not deny him but her cheeks were crimson 
"'It's for me, child,' he said hoarsely. But she cried out and started away. "'Ah, no, no, not unless you need me utterly, unless I bring you life.' He smiled a little. "'You are not sure, and we must not,' she cried in a piteous voice. "'Unless you are bidden, unless you can no other, I had rather die.' "'I have been fighting my heart all day, child,' said Colonel Stowe. "'It's the want of you bade me take the general's commission. "'I have almost fancied myself Puritan by heaven. "'I have all but played my own soul false for fear of losing you.' "'You?' she said in a low voice of a mother's scorn, "'and looked at him most lovely, smiling through tears, worshipping. "'It was you gave me desire of life again.' It's no worth, child, if you will not give me life, too. Yourself. Yourself. She let him draw her close, and he held her, and she bowed her head on his breast. She was still and silent a long time, then looked up with a little quaint smile. You want me so? I want life and the work of life. I cannot find it without you. So. It is so, she murmured, and her arms stole about him. End of chapter 54